0: Landmine Radio, Landmine Radio, high energy, no
1: filter, oh yeah.
0: Okay, we're back here, Landmine Radio. I'm very excited to be again in the Capitol, second in the Capitol podcast with Representative Gabrielle Ledoux. How are you, Gabby?
1: I'm doing great.
0: You're one of my favorite people.
1: (laughs) And why is that? I
0: just, you're just, you got something about you that, that really...
1: Well, thank, draw- thank, you, thank you, Jeff.
0: Kind of like me, you draw attention to yourself, and <laughs> I like people who, who do that.
1: Sometimes I'm not trying to draw attention to myself, it just sort of happens. Well, whatever the reason, <laughs>
0: it's, it's, uh, you're, you're fun to watch. So, um, obviously, we're in the Capitol right now. There was supposed to be a 1 o'clock meeting of the House... And that's been, I guess, delayed until until later. Yes,
1: but that's not particularly unusual. I mean, we have a joke around here. It's like legislative time, and legislative time. You know, if something's supposed to start at one, well, maybe it starts at one fifteen. Maybe it starts at one thirty. Mm-hmm. Maybe it starts at if it if it's just a little bit late, then they don't do. A, A memo about it an email but if it's going to be a couple of hours late then they send out an email to everybody so that they know they don't have to be back here so
0: there's a lot to talk about in the house and we can talk about that uh later first i want to start with uh, a little about you i think folks who know you probably know this but you've actually represented the the other district another district in kodiak years ago
1: I did. I did. From 2005 to 2009, I represented uh, a combination of the Kodiak Island borough and also the northern half of the Lake and Penn borough.
0: So the current person there now is Louise Stutes, right? That's right.
1: But now, Louise, because of redistricting, Louise's district is a little bit different than mine. Was She represents the Kodiak Island Borough. She doesn't represent the, any portion of the Lake and Penn Borough, uh, but she also represents uh, Yakutat and Songdovia.
0: And funny enough, the group of 19, um, 16 Democrats, Independent, Dan Ortiz, and then you and Louise Stutes are in that group. So something's going on in Kodiak.
1: Well, and you know? then, then you think that Gary Stevens... Who was the uh, Senate president mm-hmm. for, I believe, two terms during the bipartisan working group, and I Senate, think it yeah. lasted another two or four years? Um, he was from Kodiak, and he represented Kodiak and Homer. And of course, Paul Seton was. Right, from he was the- in the.
0: Your previous majority yes. in the house, so yes. something's going on down there in uh, Homer, Kodiak area. Somebody
1: huh? says it may be the water.
0: <laughs> That's funny. So, so you and I, we go back quite a long ways. The first time I met you, I don't know if you remember this, was 2011. I had filed to run for the house before I switched to run for the Senate in 2012. There was a Republican meeting at the Millennium Hotel. It was a Saturday. It was like an eight in the morning meeting, and I was they asked all the candidates to show up, and I was I brought my friend. I was really nervous because I'd never done that before and you were there you were running too for the you, was that your first time running for the house in Anchorage no 2012 no. or were you already in the house at that
1: point no I wasn't in the house at, at that point uh, but I was going to be running for what was going to be an open seat mm-hmm. in in, tw- in 2012
0: and I remember you had just you got up there and you had just got back from Chile yes and you were talking about, about Chile so and then I met you and I I remember I remember very vividly I was like I like her <laughs>
1: and i and i i do remember that meeting quite specifically because i was with my friend lisa vaught
0: right and she and she
1: she was running for the same district that you were no, running but, but, for at the time No, she,
0: i don't think she had no not yet she filed later okay so i had filed to run for the house and i was gung-ho about that i was running against uh chris tuck i you know i didn't know him that well and i, I said i'm a republican i'm gonna run everybody wanted me to run against him and I would have continued to do that, except I had a fundraiser, and it was like November, December, twenty eleven, and she came, didn't know who she was. She was asking me all these like really pointed questions, and I remember thinking, "Who? Like who is? Why is she asking me all these questions?" Lisa. Yeah, and then like two days later, she filed a run against me in the primary.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: so then I I said, "Well, screw it. If I'm going to be in a primary, I'm going to run against Lisa McGuire." <laughs> so that's kind of the reason I switched. If she wouldn't have filed, uh, I probably would have stayed in the the house race. But I like her. She she worked for you for a long time, right? Or
1: she worked for me for six years.
0: We had a yeah, that was interesting. So what um what's go I mean, what's what's really going on in the house? I mean, I think everybody's paying attention. There's after the election, Representative Gren got beat and Paul Seaton got beat, Representative Seaton, and there was a looks like the Republicans, you know, had the press conference and declared victory. And it was Suspicious because it was such a small one. It
1: was such a small margin of margin for error. One of the seats had not been decided mm-hmm. on yet. And then they had a member who wasn't at the press conference. Yep. And I believe had made some sort of, or subsequently made some sort of statement that he wasn't sure whether he was going to support the person that the caucus had selected, if they were in the majority, to be the speaker. Yeah, so they
0: selected Talarico, and the Representative Eastman wasn't at the meeting. And then the next day, he told uh, KTO or some, somebody that, uh, I'm not even sure I'm going to vote for him. And it kind of started to, I think it started to basically unwind pretty from there. And then
1: down the road... Um... And then, then the I mean, on election night, Catherine Dodge was about 80 votes behind, mm-hmm. and that didn't really look at that point as if she was going to pull it out. And then up until the recount, I mean, it kept going back and forth and back and forth, and... Then finally, when they had a recount, it ended up one vote for Bart LeBon ahead, and the the lawsuit didn't change things. But by this time, Gary Knopp had decided that he didn't think that the Republican caucus um could make it, because it had such slim margins, and any any one person uh, could. You know, hold everybody else hostage. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to see a coalition. And so he bailed out of the Republican caucus. So he's not with the former bipartisan majority, but he's not with the Republicans. He's a,
0: he's a representative of, of one. He's kind of Yeah, on well, his,
1: he's representing his, his district. So... Um... So nobody has 21. And so... Whereas 2019 won, I believe the term would be a plurality. The, uh, the, the, entire, the entirety of the Republican caucus has a plurality of the votes. It actually takes a majority right. in order to uh, organize. And
0: yesterday we saw the, the uh, Sharon Jackson situation where they, they tried to get tricky and do a maneuver, and, and, and I, which, I, which
1: took us totally by surprise well i mean w- my understanding is that the lieutenant governor had come on your podcast he, I, he did yeah. and said no i have no authority to be
0: doing he said it. he can oversee the selection of the pro town, he can do the swearing you know swearing the members and do the pledge do the prayer but he can't vote he can't do anything other than than those things and um I think a lot of... I mean, you saw the looks on people's faces when he tried to... He tried to direct the message from the governor directly to Rep- House Republicans, specifically to Representative Talarico. And I wrote an article last night, and I, said, I looked up the you know, history of... The ex- identical thing happened in 2003. Lisa Murkowski won re-election in the House. Her dad became governor. He appointed her to his Senate seat, leaving a vacancy... And guess, guess who he appointed?
1: Uh, it, was Nancy. it was Nancy. Nancy Dahlstrom. Nancy who's, Dahlstrom. Who's, who's, who's surrounding this whole...
0: It's like this whole controversy is surrounding her again because she's resigned yes. from 13 and now Sharon Jackson's been appointed. It's like she, she's got like a... She's like knack for being in these weird... <laughs> but but in that situation, the the message from the governor was sent to Speaker Cot, who was a speaker, elected speaker. And when Walker... I looked this up in the journal. When Walker appointed John Lincoln and Tiffany Zolkowski, both of those letters were addressed to Speaker Edgman. But this letter from Governor Dunleavy was addressed to Republican members. So it seems like very clear what's going on. At
1: any rate, I mean, it it took, it certainly took us by surprise. And I mean, everybody likes Sharon Jackson. I mean, I consider Sharon Jackson a personal friend. I, I love the gal. And I want to see Sharon Jackson seated, but I also want to follow the rules. And so, hopefully, uh, in hopefully today, uh, we will be able to elect a speaker pro tem and get this get this done.
0: Yeah, the fact that I mean, some some people, some some um, Republican. Mouthpiece. Suzanne Downing makes make, makes this article and makes it a race issue. It's just it's just totally absurd, you know. And it doesn't matter who it is. It's this is probably gonna, the same thing is going to happen. And the fact that somebody wants to make it about race, who who, who screams about people who make things about race, <laughs> the uh, hypocrisy is is astounding.
1: I don't think I'm going to comment there.
0: <laughs> I was hoping you would. Uh, you got a big <laughs> smile on your face. You want you want to. I think. Um, so
1: I I, I think. I suspect that most of the people who would be listening to this podcast probably have a fairly good idea of what I think, I think of I, Suzanne Downey.
0: I, I, uh, I, would, I would agree with you. So if they get a pro... I assume, you know, you guys are... I'm sure everybody's talking about this pro tem, and that, that would... One, that would allow Kevin Meyer to stop being, you know, overseeing the House. But, but two, would the pro tem... Can a, how long can a pro tem be there before a speaker is... If, if, no, if you guys can't agree on a majority to elect a speaker, could a pro tem be there for a long time? Is there a limit on...
1: No, is there's a- no limit. There's no limit. But the duties of the pro tem are very circumscribed. And so without organization, there won't be bills read over... There won't be committees formed. So there's really going to be pressure on both sides to talk together and to compromise and to get the people's business
0: done. Can the pro tem receive messages from the governor?
1: Not unless it's specified.
0: So in this case, can the pro tem allow Sharon Jackson to be seated or allow a vote of the Republicans for her?
1: If that's agreed
0: to. And that's a 21? Do 21 people have to agree to that? Or is that how that works?
1: 21 people would have to agree to the selection of a pro tem and what the duties of that pro tem are. So So hopefully... I'm
0: sure there's been some fascinating...
1: Hopefully we can uh, reach consensus on that and have not just 21, but maybe all of Mm -hmm. us. Agree. I'm sure
0: there's been some fascinating conversations here in this there building in the There are always
1: couple- some fascinating conversations, Jeff.
0: To be a fly on the wall in some of these rooms. <laughs> uh, well, so-
1: actually, you don't even have to be a fly on the wall because the, some of these rooms are so paper thin. Well, you know, I, I, all you got to do is stand out in the hallway. I've been
0: here the last couple of days and I haven't spent, you know, much too, too much time in the Capitol. and uh it's interesting, you know, doing what I do from Anchorage. I I talk to people and I get stuff and but being here, you see things. You see who's talking to who. You overhear things in the hallway. It's it's a, it's a whole different experience being here, from my perspective, um, than doing it from somewhere else where you're having to rely on watching the gavel, gavel to gavel, or talking to you know somebody on the phone about something. I think being here, it's it's the energy. You know, you can kind of see is, how, You can and, see everything, and you can feel and, it.
1: And actually, you know, you read about things in the press sometimes, and you. Th- and you see some of the lack of civility, but actually, a lot of people that you wouldn't expect to like each other actually do like each other.
0: And they even they even talk to each other and yes, in, in public, you know, places or in meetings or.
1: I mean, the... I don't have to agree with somebody in order to enjoy uh, doing things with them. I mean, Laura Reinbold and I, for example. Uh, we always joke. If we agree on anything, it's kind of like, you know, the coincidence of getting a bunch of monkeys together and writing Shakespeare. But we run <laughs> together a lot of mornings.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I saw your campaign, your your campaign of picture. It's you running. Yes, what is it? running well, for the right running, reasons right, right. or
1: running for you or something like that.
0: You're, you're I think you had like a, was it like a 5K, like a bib or something on with like a number? Were you doing a, were you wearing a number, like a race number?
1: No, that oh. you might have seen that in one of my uh Facebook posts cuz was... Laura and I a couple of years ago um we were on a committee community and regional affairs and it went I can't even remember why we ended up in Nome together but we did end up in Nome together at a time when they were running in Nome a marathon and a half marathon and we decided to do the half marathon together. You did a half marathon? In Nome?
0: What, what what month was it?
1: It was during the interim, so I believe it was August. So it wasn't like freezing
0: cold in, no, the, in the winter? No, it wasn't freezing cold, no. <laughs> I just saw something in uh, Russia. They did, It's uh, in, oh, I think it's called Omiricon. It's one of the coldest places on earth in the winter. It gets down to 70 below. And they just uh, hosted a marathon there. And it was like 55. And where is this? Oymyakon. It's in Siberia. It's. Uh, I've
1: never heard. I've I've actually been in Siberia. It's, it's
0: in a really weird valley, and the the location of the of the place in the valley it, it makes it to where the air doesn't get out. It doesn't the air gets the cold air gets stuck there. So it gets so down it doesn't
1: to, rise.
0: No. So yeah. So it gets oh, well, down it's to like
1: hot air that rises, but
0: it gets down to like very like I think the record's like seventy or eighty below. It's just very 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 cold. So they just I saw in. The news, they had like a marathon there. You have these <laughs> people wearing this like down, you know, jackets, and their faces are like frozen and they're running. It's pretty wild.
1: So I was at a doctor's office the other day and I never did get a chance to ask him because I saw a sign that said Antarctica Marathon. But I think uh, that I've, was a spoof.
0: No, no, no. I, no I've, there I've, really I've, is I think an I've, Antarctica I've not? heard of that. Yeah. I think they've... People go down there, you know, it's been, it's been growing in, as a tourist destination.
1: Well... I know that, but I mean, you you can't just go down there by yourself to Antarctica. No, you you've have to, got go to go with go a group. On s- w- with a group.
0: Or they have, and they have all the science. They have all the camps. You know, they have Americans have a camp, Russians. Uh, I think the China, Norwegian. I mean, there's all kinds of different camps. All over Well, when the place. I'm
1: finished with this interview, I'm going to Google Antarctica Marathon to see whether it actually exists. Well, you've been
0: to Chile, so you've been yes. pretty close to. Were you the southern part of Chile? What's that, Tierra del Fuego? Isn't that where? That's right near Antarctica.
1: Actually, I I have been down there. So
0: you've, you're you're almost there. Um, let's see here. We were talking about. So you're, I want to talk about real quick, quick, quick about your election uh, on the primary. You came to our election central, and we predicted the outcomes, oh, yeah. and we thought everybody, <laughs> you know, because you've always done so well. You work so hard. You're known for being a prolific fundraiser, and you you knock doors really, really, really aggressively. And um, the whole thing with with that Weaver guy, he he didn't do anything. He I just, know. And it,
1: it, was, it was really a, embarrassing. <laughs> I mean,
0: I felt so bad because we had you on the the video for the um, election central, and then the results started to come in. And what was the turnout? Six six percent or seven percent for that I primary? Think
1: maybe three percent. It was that so, was so low. really super low.
0: So, so you, as I recall, you actually lost on elect, election night. Right?
1: Yes, by about I think it was three votes.
0: And then the um, the absentees came in, and then there was. Uh, you know, controversy surrounding that—that um, that I think a lot of people have have really looked. I mean, even some of your fellow members have have made some pretty outrageous comments in in public.
1: Yes, that's um, true
0: about that. So you're, uh, I, I just like how I just like your style. I, I got to say, I like how you kind of. <laughs> you're not a well. Fr-
1: you know, all I can look myself in the mirror in the morning and say, I know I did nothing wrong.
0: So is um. And the other funny thing is what I found out later was that the Weaver guy didn't, it appeared he didn't even live in the district. He was living in some house know, or apartment know. downtown.
1: So, I mean, if you want to talk about uh, election fraud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, the absentees came in and you, you um, here we are. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the your previous majority in the Democratic-led coalition. Uh, it was twenty two
1: well we the, don't really look upon it as a democratic led coalition I mean we had three people uh in leadership positions um, in the old majority the, it's called you know bipartisan but it was right um, and and two and another two uh speaker Edgman and um finance chair, um, uh, Neil, Neil Foster, Neil, Neil Foster had both come over with us from the Republican led.
0: Yeah, no, they had both been in the Republican yes. previous group for.
1: So, I mean, we, we came over together and we didn't really even think of each other as, you know, when they're Democrats and we're Republicans, we just, we were a group together.
0: So, so the group at first was 22. And then after some Issues with uh, Representative Keto was down to twenty one. So, yes. so you you have I mean direct experience with a very slim majority, right? Um, what what do you think? How many members do you think a majority needs to to really not have to deal with some of the problems that occur when you have such a razor thin majority? Is it twenty five? Is it thirty? I guess
1: I would say that the very least you have to have is twenty two. The very least.
0: What's ideal, I mean, to, to not have to worry so much about a few people doing something and causing problems?
1: Well, I mean, what's really ideal when you're looking for a three-quarters vote is to have 30. But, I mean, outside of the three-quarters vote, probably... 25 26 27 that gives you a little bit of of leeway
0: a little wiggle room
1: yes wiggle room i did
0: a podcast with former speaker john harris a few two or three weeks ago and he had said that um when you have 25 or 26 like you said you you know sometimes members rule members for example he said he was very good friends with richard foster and sometimes he he said you know you don't have to vote on this because it's not you know it's not a good vote for you and we have the 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 leeway to kind of do that when you have more people um so what do you what do you what I mean how long do you think the gridlock can can go on for I mean could it last weeks or
1: it could but I'm hopeful that it won't what
0: do you what do you see as the ideal scenario to resolve this and to form a majority I
1: guess the ideal scenario is a bunch of people getting together and uh deciding that they can work with each other and that they can trust each other, and simply forming it. I mean, that would be the ideal scenario. People working together, making compromises, and uh, getting the show on the road.
0: How much do you think um, the republic—the Republicans and the Republican group, how much do you think um, they worry about... So you and Louise Stutz and Paul Seaton were... pretty viciously attacked by by Tuckerman Babcock and the Republican Party for for joining up with uh, the the Democrats. How much do you think some members would like to do would like to go over, but are worried about having that same kind of to deal with that same kind of thing you dealt with.
1: You know, I'm I'm sure that that plays a role.
0: The new chair of the party, Glenn Clary, he uh, he doesn't strike me as having that same kind of style.
1: He doesn't have that. He he is one of the nicest people you will ever meet. I've known Glenn Clary for years. Yeah, I've And, known I, him. and I like him and I respect him.
0: I've known him for a long time, too, and he, he seems very, um, what's the word? He's a very honorable guy. He, I don't think he would do some, some he, of the things, techniques, tactics that Tuckerman used.
1: He is a totally honorable person.
0: And the the, the funny thing is... If you look what Republicans and specifically Tuckerman Babcock did with you and Luis and, and Seaton, um, Paul kind of shot himself in the foot. If he wouldn't have run in the Democratic primary, if he would have run in the Republican primary, he would have won the race almost
1: certainly. There were three other people who were running in the Republican primary. So, I, I personally, I think it would have been a piece of cake.
0: Would have been four. He has a base, so so he. And, uh, he, a, a, he in essence, of, did it to ki- himself. He
1: kind of, you know, decided he was finished with the party. So, so
0: they, they they probably, they got to him. He, he made a choice. Um, he, so he kind of, in some ways, beat himself. You and Louis Stutz won. So it wasn't even like their attacks were that effective. I mean, they got lucky on Seton because he, he switched. Uh, and then you and Louis Stutz won. Well, year. they
1: weren't pleasant, though. I mean, they really no, they weren't. weren't pleasant. I, mean,
0: I remember I heard last year that Actually, this is going to be in today's Alaska Stalker column. But the Republican women, or they invited all the women to a, a, I don't know, like a reception next week, and, and you, you're on there. The invitation yes, has and you so and is, so is Louise Louise Stutes. But last year, didn't they deliver cake, or they they brought cakes to all the
1: no oh, something Republic, like that. But they
0: but they didn't. They left you guys out. You and <laughs> Louise and Paul. So <laughs> you know that's kind of mean. I mean, who, everybody
1: likes cake. That that's. You know, I li- I like the Republican women down here. Well, I mean, and been, I'm and I'm actually looking forward to attending the uh, to attending the luncheon.
0: You've been so so involved with Republican women and Republican. I mean, since I've known you back in 2011, it must be awkward, you know, when one when, when the party does something, but when I mean, I know so many people that like you, and and they didn't like what the party did, and. Um, I think it's probably so i
1: So I'm really, you know, I got that invitation and I thought that is really nice. I, making, I really like that.
0: Making amends.
1: You know, I'm not even thinking about it as making amends. I mean, it's an olive branch and I, I am just hoping that no matter how organization ends up, that we can all be civil to each other and we can be have relationships
0: no you're, you're right that's that's i think the most important thing in politics is, especially in this building is relationships if you don't if you can't do relationships then you probably can't do anything
1: it's it's something which is of critical importance
0: some members and i won't say who are uh, not very good at forming relationships <laughs> others are much better at it um so what else was i going to ask so, so you're actually a lawyer right i am do you still practice or
1: no i haven't practiced for a while
0: so are you still like bar? do you still can you practice, or are you
1: You know I'm on inactive status, uh, but I could always reactivate it if I wanted to. so if
0: I get in trouble, I'll, you can reactivate you can you can represent me <laughs> <laughs> so if the if the if the majority goes let's say the way you want, let's say you you get it to happen the way you want. Do you still see yourself like are you still going to try to be a rules chair or be in some leadership position or
1: you know we'll we'll deal with that when it happens.
0: What's it like being, you were rules chair the last two years. That's a pretty important, you you, you kind of decide um, what bills go to the floor, right? Yes,
1: and that's the fun part of the rules committee. But the rules committee also deals with who gets what furniture. Right. uh, And things of that nature. And And staff too, right? Right, but that sort of administrative thing isn't really my ball of... My, my cup of tea. What,
0: what I, about I, what about the you 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 select people's offices, right?
1: Yeah, and I try to select people's offices by giving them input on what offices they want.
0: I wonder in the past. I'm sure there's been situations where previous in the past rules chairs of not like somebody. I'm, they, I'm they, give, sh- they give them the bad office. I'm
1: sure there have been, but that wasn't the way I operated.
0: So I, I'm new to the... I haven't spent a lot of time in here. What, what are considered the good offices and what are considered... Because they all look pretty good to me. But some people I hear over here, oh, I got the bad office or...
1: Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because the offices on the fourth floor tend to be the smaller offices. But the fourth floor is also a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I, I, so Josh Revack, uh who I supported, he, he's on the fourth floor, and I. Uh, but, but for now, I guess yes, until they figure out. Ev-
1: ev- everybody is in their own offices or the offices of the person they replaced for now.
0: So I, I was I was hanging out on the fourth floor, and it's uh, it's kind of fun up there. You're right; it's a lot of energy on the. Yeah. We're we're here on the we're on the second floor now, right? The, and The
1: second floor has other than finance and the whip. Um, that's all made up of leadership offices. So I got to say, this uh, office
0: is pretty nice. I like this office. It's a big, pretty big.
1: It is, but the fourth floor offices have views. Some oh, yeah, of them you, do.
0: You're right. Yeah, because I did one with uh, Representative a podcast a couple of days ago. He has a great view. Yeah. Um, y- your view is a building.
1: So his office on the fourth floor, even though he was uh, the minority last year. He's got an office with a view. So,
0: so I heard uh, one office. Which one is it? Is it Seton? No, somebody has a huge office with like, who was that? I'm trying to remember. Well,
1: Sarah Vance probably has a huge office because she, everybody goes to the the office that they occupied last year or the office of their predecessor.
0: Unless Garrett too. So Zach Fields is in some pretty big yes. office, isn't he? So
1: Zach is in the vice chair of finance. And Sarah Vance is in a co-chair what, of finance.
0: What a way to start where you, you're in some huge office for a couple, until we get things, they get things figured out, and then all of a sudden you're in some much tinier
1: office. You know? It's life.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Representative Du, I want to thank you for, for doing this. I know you're busy. Um, I guess we'll see what's going to happen here in the next, when's the meeting here, in maybe the next couple hours?
1: Next couple of hours. And
0: everybody can can watch that on the gavel. Like I said, it's it's just so much um, better being here in the building than watching this on, on gavel, you know, on TV or from the computer. Uh, anyways, I want to thank you again for being here. I, I,
1: I, I've really enjoyed it, Jeff.
0: We'll have to do another one of these, and maybe next time I'm here, or if we're in Anchorage. Sounds good. Okay, well, good luck, and uh, wish you all the best. And, folks, thanks for listening to Landmine Radio. If you uh, want to do a podcast or have an idea for a podcast, Let me know. Until next time, um, we'll see you.